You are listening to The Review Group. We are Judith Carrizales, Taylor Brewer, Israel Garcia, and Ariel Bishop. Today we will be discussing the book The Line Becomes the River, Dispatches from the Border by Francisco Cantu. This book introduces us to the life of Francisco Cantu, a Mexican-American and the grandson of a Mexican immigrant, while working with the U.S. Border Patrol. During Cantu's time at the border, he comes across problems including dehumanization of immigrants, mental health deteriorating, and corrupt government systems. Hello, before we continue, I would like to state that our podcast touches on touchy subjects such as rape and sexual abuse, so if you're uncomfortable to listening about this, it would be best if you clicked out now. Hi, I'm Ariel Bishop, and I'm going to be talking about the treatment of Mexican immigrants seen in the book, A Line Becomes a River. The treatment and portrayal of Mexican immigrants are seen throughout the entire book. The author recalls countless times where people were killed, arrested, and talked about. We see this relatively early in the book when Cole, one of Cantu's friends, tells an anecdote from his time in service. Maybe nine or ten months later, same fucking spot, I ran over the guy, killed him right there. Same fucking guy asleep on the damn road. I never even saw him. After that, they started calling me Black Death. Cole laughed and spat into his cup, and a few of us laughed with him, not knowing exactly what kind of laugh it was. This quote demonstrates a clear lack of empathy from Cole. In the following clip below, a woman recalls being sexually abused amid the process of fleeing to the U.S. The officials at the border have little remorse or sympathy for the people they assault, murder, injure, and capture. Every story and every background of every immigrant is different. However, most of these people are innocent refugees trying to survive in a place that dislikes them. Cantu recalls a man stating, I want to show you that I'm here to work, that I'm not a bad person. I'm not here to bring in drugs. I'm not here to do anything illegal. I want to work. I looked at him. I know that, I said. People would do everything for just one shot at a better life. Every single one of them has a story to tell and war scars to show. This book simply tells one corrupted fraction of that story. The treatment of indigenous people and immigrants has always been ironic. Many countries, especially in the Americas, are known for its diversity and variety of immigrants. Even the Europeans were immigrants. Hence why it is completely contradicting that these newcomers are frowned upon when they have been the foundation of these countries way before the white men stole what was once theirs. When these people are slaughtered, nobody cares. They make fun of them or try to justify the murderer's actions. These government officers made to protect and serve are heartlessly hurting these harmless people who are trying to find sanctuary in cold blood. Pregnant women, children, mothers, fathers, uncles, daughters, and sons are gone forever, and there is not even a tear shed by their wrongdoers. That is allegations of abuse inside detention centers. Data from the Department of Homeland Security's Office of the Inspector General show that thousands of migrants have claimed they were sexually abused while in ICE custody. It was a friendly relationship at that time, or you know, that's how it was, and then um, it just kind of snowballed from there. Él entró al baño y, y me quitó mi, mi ropa y, y se quitó su ropa. Y yo no pude decirle que no, yo no pude hacer nada. Yo simplemente hice lo que él quería. Similar to the aforementioned lack of empathy, government officials are also shown to possess a lack of care throughout Kantu's retellings. In several situations, the book has showed how government officials take shortcuts to benefit themselves or to make things easier. We see this quite early in the book when Cole and Kantu find a load of dope on the border. Kantu writes, 
Hell no, he said. You don't want to bring in any bodies with your dope, if you can help it. Suspects mean you have a smuggling case on your hands, and that's a hell of a lot of paperwork. We'd have to stay and work a double shift just to write it up. Keep in mind as well, this was Kantu's second day on the job, which also suggests that the officials lose their shame or remorse for such actions, even to the point of teaching them to recruits or to new employees. But this attitude is not limited to the sole character. As we can see when Kantu writes, On the way back to the station, I asked Cole what would happen to the truck. He told me he'd call the tribal police to seize the vehicle, but I knew he wouldn't. Even if he did, they wouldn't come for it. They wouldn't want the paperwork either. This demonstrates that people in this field, at least in the book, don't desire unnecessary work and take shortcuts to prevent it. This even applies to the local government, as referenced in the book. When major cases of femicide are mentioned, the municipality of Juarez began to focus more on freeing their public image of blame on the case than trying to solve it through statements implying that many of the women shared the blame for their victimization because of their penchant for frequenting bars and nightclubs. And they are even suspected of having a years-long history of complicity and fabrication of cases against the alleged perpetrators. As stated by the United Nations Committee on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, this just goes to show that people take shortcuts even at the expense of others, and especially if they have perceived power over some. So the humanitarian relief group, No More Deaths, has video of U.S. Border Patrol agents destroying aid stations where they have left water in the desert to prevent border crossers from dying of thirst. One of the biggest issues mentioned in the book is how Cantu's mental health was deteriorating as time went on. During his time at the patrol, Cantu dealt with traumatic experiences. This led to the trauma infiltrating his dreams. At first, a regular nightmare would consist of a wolf in a cave that looked similar to one of the ones he came across at work and he would have to interact with him. In the dream, I was hunched over in the darkness. I looked over my shoulder and I see a figure of my mother gesturing me to hold out my hand to offer it to the wolf. The wolf slowly comes near, stretching its neck to sniff my hand with its massive nozzle. Cantu. The wolf, in its nightmares, will represent the border patrol. He would have to befriend the wolf to ha have a sense of safety. Then the nightmares will consist of people in his personal life, having near-death experiences. As time went on, these dreams got more vivid and more horrendous that Cantu began getting anxiety from them. This anxiety led to him grinding his teeth. When you grind your teeth, it is when a stress from a job or something in your personal life makes you clench on your jaw tightly. The anxiety was practically eating him alive. He was afraid to be at his house alone. He would always think somebody was watching him. Anything that would happen, he thought it was planned out and he was being watched. He lost sense of safety where he lived. I wanted to tell him that I reached a point in which I could barely sleep, a point in which my mind was so filled with violence that I could barely perceive the beauty in the landscape around me. Cantu, 129. He felt like he was carrying a heavy burden on his shoulders. After he quit his job, Cantu was able to live at peace. The teeth grinding and the nightmares stopped, like a huge weight was lifted off his shoulders. This just proves that working at the Border Patrol takes a huge toll on a person's mental health. I believed the canker sores that I saw in their mouths because they were only allowed to be fed unnutritious food. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors for two months. I believed them. And what was worst about this, Mr. Chairman, was the fact that there were American flags hanging all over these facilities. 
that children were being separated from their parents in front of an American flag, that women were being called these names under an American flag. Mr. Early into the author's time with border control, he notices the trials and tribulations endured by Mexican immigrants. When attempting to cross, they brave scorching desert heat and run the risk of dehydrating. They have to rely on untrustworthy guides that may hold them for ransom. Even the government is often prey to the cartels and crime in Mexico. Cantu recounts the following about Mexican officials. The next image showed a group of Mexican policemen shot dead in the street, and then an image of a bloodied body slumped in a car seat. A, new elect a newly elected mayor who had promised to clean up the drug violence in his town shot dead in the street. Many people don't understand the danger in Mexico and how much they are willing to endure in the desert to escape it. However, the author himself said that the majority of people he arrested with border control were people looking for a new life. But in some cases, even though Mexico can be perilous, they are connected to it since it is their homeland. One immigrant who was friends with the author returned to Mexico for his mother's funeral. The author writes this about it. His mother is dying, poor thing. He's taking two weeks off to go to Ahuaca so he can see her before she passes. And later adds, I think Jose is having problems getting back into the country. It's important to understand where immigrants are coming from before forming opinions about the subject. This has been Taylor Brewer, and those are some of my thoughts on Francis Cantu's book. This is the story of Eva. Eva's a wo woman from Mexico. She was a lawyer. Um, the story of Eva is her brother was murdered. She feared for her life. She applied for asylum. A voyage to a foreign land is like a voyage to death. I have felt that myself. Because you leave your family, leave your job, lose your roots, your friends. You leave the environment to which you have grown accustomed, even though it is not a good environment, but at least you were there with your loved ones. Every day people here in the United States ignore what is going on in our country, or perhaps they are simply indifferent. And that is what kills my people, the indifference of people and the absence of any concern for their neighbors. People who are working for U.S. immigration authorities cannot imagine the suffering of a person who is crossing the desert. We are not animals, we are humans, who perhaps have had the misfortune of being born in a country that does not respect human rights, or human beings must be respected. They need to create a legal pathway. If we lose this dream of coming here, then there will be nothing. One thing that the author does really well is staying true to the book being an autobiography, even while recounting the stories about immigrants. But I think his story was really meant to get readers to feel sympathy and recognize it as a larger issue than they already may have. I definitely finished reading feeling that way. But this book was rather different. Like, it hit on certain topics a lot of books or a lot of people, like, tried to avoid, like, sexual assault, rape, dehumanization like racism, stereotypicalizing people, or, and the list goes on. And it's, like, cool how we could see the life through his eyes, like how he experienced the border, how it was, like, slowly eating him up. And I guess, like, it was really cool because, like, I was informed by a lot of things I didn't know the way the border worked that well. Like, it was kind of what I saw in the news. But when it was told from somebody who worked there's point of view, like, it's different. 
lastly, I want to say that this book was important because it gives you insight on the things that happen, especially if you're a race other than Hispanic or Mexican, you couldn't possibly understand how it feels to have to sneak here and people attack you, kill you, or like take advantage of you. And I think it's very important that people hear the stories of these people. In my opinion, this book is really impactful and provides a really interesting perspective into a field most of us only hear of in media and on TV. And seeing the way it affects the actual worker is a side I don't think many even consider. This book has impacted me by giving me new insight on both sides of the border and allowed me to understand what issues both immigrants and border officials face. Hi, this is Ariel Bishop, Judith Carazales, Israel Garcia, and Taylor Brewer, and you're listening to The Review Crew. We hope the topics we discuss from the line becoming the river has provided insight and awareness to one of the everyday problems in the world. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you guys have a great summer.